Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tasting Anarchy. I am your host, Jacob Lindsay, and I'll be joined in a moment by Mason. Uh, This week, we have a little bit of a different episode. Mason will have two short wine reviews that uh, I will not be a part of, and I've got one for you as well. I've been very, very busy the last couple of weeks, and then there was I got sick, and then my wife got sick, and so we've had a difficult time uh, finding a time to record, so we've been a little bit off of our, our game as it comes to that, but I've got this episode, and I've got another one. Uh, that I will be editing and uploading today, but I think I'll schedule it to be available next week. And then we should be back on schedule. So I guess some housekeeping. I and my my wife and I bought a house, and so we'll be moving there. I'll be able to kind of set up a more permanent studio and I think try to add maybe a video component to the show. I'm not sure about what I want to do for that yet. But having a, uh, a a permanent space to be able to record, I think, is going to allow me to review a lot more wines, maybe add some pictures, add some more stuff to the blog because we haven't in a very long time. And I think it's going to be a, a really a really good move forward. You know, I drink a lot. We talk about it on the show that you know I have a couple of different wines every week, and I don't review them all. And I think it would be nice for me to share with everybody what I'm drinking and maybe Mason if he's doing other stuff too can maybe add to the blog or or do these these little short reviews that you'll hear in a moment. Uh, today what I wanted to talk about kind of in that spirit is what I had for lunch and the wine that I had with it. Now my wife and I we were out she was getting her nails done somewhere and there was like this uh, like European deli market thing across the street that we'd never been to before we just kind of went and checked it out and they had one of my favorite lunch meats, which is mortadella. And so when we got back, I made a sandwich with mortadella and I had, I went through, you know, my, my rack of all the wines that I have collected over the last year or so and kind of was thinking to myself, well, what would I eat with mortadella? And for those of you who don't know what mortadella is, it's a very fatty lunch meat. It's, it's kind of along the lines of bologna, but I would say quite a bit higher quality than that. Um, it has like very large chunks of fat in it and it is a very strong flavor whereas bologna is kind of like hot dog it, it does it does have a flavor but it's not a strong flavor i think mortadella has a much stronger flavor it's got peppercorns in it and some i think garlic and some other other spices as well and i love it i think it's really good and one of the largest producers of uh mortadella is tuscany and so what is the one thing that I've learned from Elizabeth that wine for normal people is that what grows together goes together. And although, you know, you don't, I guess you kind of grow meat, you, you're, you're growing the pigs, but you're raising them. So it's mostly pork. Um, anyways, what, what wine would I pair with something from Tuscany, a Tuscan wine? And what is uh, the most classic or most well-known Tuscan wine would be Chianti. And so I went to my shelf. Sure enough, I had a Chianti. It is a uh, fairly inexpensive one, but one that I enjoy. And I might have reviewed it. I don't recall, but I like it a lot. It's a. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try my best to pronounce it. It's an Italian name, of course. It's um, Cantagello Chianti Mon- Montaldano Reserva 2017, and it is a 
very inexpensive wine. Most Chiantis aren't aren't terribly expensive. Uh, this is uh, $16 a bottle. I got it on last bottle wines for, I think, 12 uh, It's a handsome bottle. It's got uh, a tur- uh, rooster on it and just white and red. It's a, It has a DOCG on it, so you know that it is you know an official uh, sanctioned by the European Union and all that sort of stuff wine. It's very good, very typical of a Chianti. It's very dry, uh, has mild tannins. I wouldn't say super tannic and uh, fruitier than what you normally expect from European wines. But that's that's typical of the, these types of wines. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're so popular in the United States is because it does have a lot of the new world kind of classic flavors. It does have that minerality that you get out of European wines, but it is also on the fruitier end uh, of the spectrum. So what I got out of this was uh, plum, uh, kind of a dark cherry. It was a little bit more uh, smooth than, than it's not like, I would say it was like a Cab Sauv because it does taste fresher than that, uh, but it does have some of those elements. So it is, it's got some tannicness to it. Uh, it is a little bit fuller bodied. It's not ter, but not terribly heavy. So it's not. It, it's it's a really great wine for food, in particular with um, Italian food. I think is and and very fatty Italian meats like mortadella. You could also have it probably with salami, and it would go very well. And, and maybe some of the other uh, cured meats. Um, and anyways, I, I think I think that it's really good. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I highly recommend it. I, I think that people would enjoy it a lot and. You know, keep in mind when you're trying to pair food and wine, what grows together goes together. Could you eat mortadella with something like um, Pinot Grigio or something like that? Yeah, you probably could, but would it be as good? I don't, I don't think so. I think that fat uh, really pulls out a lot of uh, interesting flavors out of uh, a red wine like this, whereas something that's a little bit more delicate like a Pinot Grigio, I think that probably would go well with certain types of lighter cheeses, but you're not going to get, I, I don't think that they complement each other as well. So that's really what I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, I'm hoping to get some more content coming out, uh, especially once we close and move into the house. So as of uh, recording this episode, we're about a month away from moving in. So there may be some more turmoil, but I'm, I'm hoping to have a new episode every week uh, from now until the future. But if not, forgive us, and we appreciate you listening. And now here is Mason and his reviews. Hello, and welcome to an exceedingly rare episode of Tasting Anarchy, where I, Mason Joseph, will be solo. Um, Jacob has been off having an adventure, which we will hear about in due time, and is sounding like it is going to be one of those awesome things to hear about. So I am going to do a solo episode. It may be quick, it may be long, who knows? We'll see what happens in the end. This week, I had a French wine, which is exceedingly rare for me. I got this French wine from Kroger. I got it on the discount area, so it was six twenty nine a bottle. Um, it is Jean-Luc Colombo, 2016 Les Amblies de Colombo Côtes de Rhone. So what drew me to it originally is I saw Rhone, so I knew Jacob and Jackson Blood always talk about Rhone wine, so I thought, hey, this will be worth checking out. So my wife was going to make a beef stew, so I thought, hey... Um, we need a red. This should be good. So it's 60% Grenache, 30% Syrah, and 10% uh, Mordorve. It's the wine I had last week where I made um, a malt wine with. Um, so um, I had it just by itself. 
It is super dark red in color, almost purple. Um, I don't have a good description of the smell of the wine. Um, definitely red wine, um, maybe a little jammy. Um, not really a good smell description, but you know, um, I've had, I've got three or more bottles of it. I actually bought out the stock of the Kroger that I go to, to check it out. Um, so up front, the wine is pretty aggressive, but not, not so that it's off-putting for me. Um, so when I first opened the bottles, they're a little more acidic, definitely very dry, pretty tannic, um, but not in a, in a super aggressive way um, as you kind of have the bottle open let it age a little bit um, definitely dry, light acidity, slightly tannic um, it softens well is the best way I can describe the wine a good red wine flavor, if you know Grenache it's, it's pretty heavy on that um, but with the Syrah it's got that nice for me like a, a lot of Syrahs have like a tannicness to them and I think the Grenache has that as well so it's really kind of pumped up um Avadre or Madrat um, I know I'm mispronouncing it if Jacob was here he'd say it exactly right um I don't know what that usually would bring to it um I know Jacob's done quite a few of them and I just don't have a good you know balance on what it would do um but overall super great wine um just a lot of fun to drink um, if you can get a hold of it, pretty good. Um, let me see if I can give you a little bit of the, how much it is alcohol by volume. 13.5, so not super strong. Uh, this wine is named for bees. Um, this is from the back. Uh, crucial yet fragile creatures which play an essential role in biodiversity through pollination. Sadly, their hives are uh, threatened by a mysterious condition called colony um, collapse disorder. The Colombo family keeps their own hives in their own valley and actively supports research to eradicate the threat against bees by denoting a portion of the sales of the bottle to bee honeybee research learn more at blah 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 um so behelpfulprogram.com.com yeah so i don't really like calling these collapse disorder like obviously it's a huge problem uh but honeybees aren't native to north america so uh, a lot of the things that they do, you know, they could be considered an invasive species. They uh, displace natural bee populations or other flying insects populations here, but there also wasn't a lot of fruiting flowers. So, you know, obviously I'm not again, I'm think humans should survive and flourish. So we need honeybees because a lot of the foods that we currently eat are, you know, well pollinated by honeybees. So, good for honeybees but i think a lot of the stuff that you know there's been 17 million different uh researches into it and everybody says there's a different reason for um colony collapse disorder so i kind of question a lot of the descriptions and reasons why it's happening so we'll see more about that in the future so um but yeah jean uh jean luke colombo 2016 lay emblaze de colombo court des ron uh court Coats, their own. Yeah, so definitely really good. I got it really cheap. Um, don't really know how much it is normally, but you know, I paid six twenty-nine. I'd easily pay ten dollars a bottle. Um I've got a lot of it. I really enjoy it. Um it's pretty good. So uh what else is going on? So we have announced the uh registrations and sign up for the twenty twenty Childerberg are available so if you go to shoulderberg.com you can register for a space uh tents are limited we have a limited number of spaces available um obviously if you come to austin 
for the Libertarian National Convention. You have a hotel, you're camping somewhere else, you're always welcome to come see us. It's 23rd through the 26th of 2020 in Austin. We're going to be happening concurrent to Libertarian National Convention. Uh, they start like a day earlier than us. We end a day later than them. So, you know, we're going to be around having fun. Um, if you're a delegate, you know, come on out. Uh, we'll be driving uh, Jake and I will be taking turns driving people back and forth between the events. Um, we're going to have a van, hopefully. I think that's the plan at the moment. Um, so you can definitely uh, travel between the two. If you are big in the libertarian movement and you're going to be at the Libertarian National Convention and you say, what's this Trilderberg thing? Uh, you know, Tom Wobbs, Bob Murphy, uh, Scott Horton, any of those guys, Dave Smith, you know, come out and see us. Uh, we'd love to see you guys. We'd love to hang out, um, show you what our side of the uh libertarian spectrum is about or you know you can show us what your side's about no <laughs> we know uh we definitely enjoy you guys we'd like to see you out there um so a lot of fun a lot of things happening we're going to be doing a lot of uh podcasting going to be doing a lot of just generally enjoying the natural environment austin is a very beautiful area from what i hear in texas it's going to be a very nice time weather wise uh show a lot of fun a lot of those sort of things um so quick article. I don't have all of the details, but as we've discussed previously, in the most recent uh, state elections, Virginia has turned blue. Um, there are some kind of rumblings that Jacob pointed me out to that I hadn't uh, seen before that say that it's quite possible that the Dem the Republicans did this on purpose. Um they didn't contest a lot of seats, which is kind of odd. Um, not really sure why. Maybe they've just given up on the state or Commonwealth because we're not actually a state, but whatever. Um, so one of the biggest uh, things is the guns. They're coming for the guns. They're going to do all sorts of nonsense. They're just crazy people. Um, but on top of that, they've also had additional things coming out about land reform. And land reform is not exactly the great description of it. it it's like... They're declaring that single-family housing is racist, and therefore they're going to try to remove restrictions on uh, home developments to try to allow more duplexes and things like that. Now, Jacob and I would both agree it's your property. You should be able to do what you want. Um, there are some homesteading issues about the property around it, things like that, that um, could be considered that are a more nuanced conversation, which we're not really um, – we know that they're clearly not going to be having at the time. Um, or considering with the things that they're talking about. Um, so the question is, are they going to be forcing people to change development and properties and things like that? Because they're trying to basically take suburban areas and ultra pack them together, which for those people who are trying to develop their property and have more land usage, maybe good thing. It also may be a bad thing, especially like where I live, like literally in my neighborhood, there's a house that has sat vacant for the entire time I've lived here. And my neighbors and I have talked about trying to buy the house to restore it, to have an actual neighbor. You know, we want people to like the quality of the neighborhood we have to come and live in the neighborhood we have. There are plenty of lots in my neighborhood that are large enough that if the house is torn down, two homes can be built. And it's not like they're building homes that suit the neighborhood. They're building homes that don't fit the quality of the neighborhood. Obviously, this is a person's property and they can kind of do what they want with it. But 
in my opinion, it impacts the value of my property and it does impact the value and enjoyment I receive of my property because I like the aesthetic quality of the neighborhood. So if they remove the restrictions in the entire state on developing property, it's possible that the property that's been abandoned basically on the corner, even though it's kind of well-maintained for an abandoned property, may be developed into home types that don't suit the neighborhood and aren't really kind of what I want to live near. So I agree with the idea that these homes should be made available and people should be able to develop the properties they want the way they want, but it also does kind of frustrate me that the way they're going about it, they're not saying that, hey, we're removing this restriction because we're infracting, impacting people's ability to enjoy their own property. We're saying, no, what you guys have been doing is wrong and we're going to change it. And I really don't like that. So those are my basic thoughts on it. Um, if you just kind of Google Virginia and you'll see all the crazy stuff that the uh, or Virginia new laws or Virginia, you know, government rules, those sort of things, you'll kind of see the new and crazy stuff that they're pushing down our throats. Uh, or attempting to push down our throats and some of which is good kind of like hey you can do what you want with your property but also you may not be able to do what you want because if you want to continue to maintain single family developments and build larger suburban communities which may be the specific price and style you want to live they may not actually let you so they you know government always seems to give one nicety and take everything else away with the iron fist um so I had the Jean-Luc Colombo, I've said that different every time, 2016 Les Albres de Colombo, Course de Rhone, it's a blend of, I've got this wrong every time, I've tried to say it without looking at it, uh, 60% Grenache, 30% Syrah, and 10% Moldorve. Um I just cannot speak more highly of this wine, uh, great French wine, very cheap from the way I was getting it. Um, it's just good red wine. Um, and it's a roan, so maybe it's on the right bank and Jackson Blood will tell me like, hey, that was a terrible one, but I don't think you would because he's much nicer than that. Um, so hope everybody enjoyed this solo episode. You can follow us on tastinganarchy.com, tastinganarchy on Twitter. Send us an email at tastinganarchy at gmail.com. Also check out Childerberg, childerberg.com, childerberg on Twitter. If you like the idea of childerberg, even if you can't attend it, if you could tweet, repost, whatever it is, share the word. We'd greatly appreciate it. All right, everybody, stay free. Hello, and welcome to another exciting single host episode of Tasting Anarchy. Uh, Jacob is traveling today, so I am leading the charge and bringing you an episode. Um, it is, uh, always fun when it's just me because who knows what we'll talk about no <laughs> so um this week i had a beer actually so this was from hardywood which is a richmond virginia brewery uh very good virginia brewery they do a lot of different things they do a lot of things really well they do some very unique stuff so i had their sous vide gold white wine barrel aged belgian style golden ale um it's actually aged at least the one I had was in Sauvignon Blanc barrels. Um, it's a gold nail, so like not a super big ale that I'm into. Like I prefer, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a super big into ales, but in Belgian style, so it was a little different to me. Um, color, it's super amber colored, like dark honey. Um, 
the flavor like was very subtle but kind of sweet um had some banana notes to me but as it warmed up like my wife tried it and she was like oh you know it tastes like pear which to me Sauvignon Blanc like I could see you could get some pear in there especially the white wine aging um she said it was very sour up front I didn't get any of that but I'm also not as influenced by sour as other people so you know take it for what it is uh smell like I got a banana smell in it but just kind of sweet on the nose um very good 9.6 APV uh, 30 IBU so um it was really good I got it for my birthday so the neighbors across the street gave it to me um so my birthday was yesterday so Jake's missing celebrating the birthday uh no I just (laughs) thought I'd mess with him um so but yeah he um like I said he's traveling so that was the beer I had again it was the Hardy Wood Sous V C U V E E Gold um and you know, pretty good. Um, I didn't pay for it. So even better. (laughs) It's always fun. Um, speaking of fun, uh, apparently Oakland, California has decided that landlords are no longer allowed to use background checks when allowing someone to rent somewhere. Now there's certain restrictions on the restrictions and that sort of thing, but it's another example of the state removing someone's ability to use their property as they see fit. There are landlords who do rent to people with criminal backgrounds, and maybe those are the worst place to live, but these people also might be making a premium on this, which, you know, they're profiting off of the state's terribleness, but they're also providing a service to somebody who couldn't, and they're charging appropriately because criminal background can be an indicative factor or an indicator that the person's going to be a less desirable tenant. This, I found this article, um, which hopefully we'll link to in the show notes if I remember to get that to Jacob in time, um, was something I found on Reddit where people were saying, you know, like they were arguing back and forth because so many people are now criminals because the government can basically make you a criminal at any point they want to. That is it fair that people are being excluded from housing and basically being punished when they've already served their crime or their time? But they people weren't really saying that, but it's also kind of the thing is, are these people actually criminals? You know, oh, he had an ounce of weed. Well, most of us would say they're not criminals in the slightest. And even if they are criminals, it's, you know, who are they to, like, it's you filtering out people and you may not know the extent, the reason for their crimes. It's like the person who's drunk, uses the bathroom near a school, no kids around, it's 3.30 in the morning, and now they're a sex offender. So there's a lot of subtleties to the argument, but it's also the main and primary point is that, yet again, the government is trying to remove somebody's ability to use their property as they see fit and best protect themselves as they see and have learned over the years to kind of say, no, this is what makes sense to us. It's also very frustrating because the people who want to be renters and want to live near a specific situation and things like that now may having be having people who shouldn't be living in that area say like a pedophile living near a school because now there's no way to discriminate against these people and those sort of things so you know yet again the government is removing people's ability to filter out and um do as they see fit with their property which uh, we all should be against now, um, keep in mind, we also have Childerberg coming up, which is in 2020. That's going to be the 23rd through the 26th in Austin. So it's going to be happening, uh, 
like one day, like it's going to be happening during the Libertarian National Convention, which starts the day before the event and then ends the day after the event. So come down and see us. There's going to be a lot of fun. I've uh, put in for the time off. I'm actually going to for sure be able to go uh, time off vacation from work. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to do a lot of different stuff. As always, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Twitter, um, tastinganarchy.com, or tastinganarchy on Twitter, tastinganarchy.com, or send us an email, tastinganarchy at gmail.com. Check out Shelterberg, where you can sign up for the newsletter and get all the happenings of all the fun things that are going to be occurring. All right, everybody, stay free. Drinking that mess is their delight. When it gets a rump, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tan down doors. Drinking Afghans and calling for more. Drinking wine, spoiled you to drink wine. Mop, mop. Wine, spoiled you to drink wine. Mop, mop. Wine, spoiled you to drink wine. Mop, mop. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drink that mess. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peter's town, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine, for the you to drink wine. Wine, for the you to drink wine. Wine, for the you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry. Wine, wine, wine. Blackberry. Wine, wine, wine. Horton Sherry. Wine, One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hit that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for you to drink wine. Pop, pop. Wine for you to drink wine. Pop, pop. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some buys fifth and some buys four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for you to drink wine. Pop, pop. Wine for you to drink wine.